Hey everybody, this is Steve Hutto, and welcome to my podcast. This is part two of the teaching, A Living and Holy Sacrifice. We're talking about presenting our bodies to God, again, as living and holy sacrifices acceptable to Him. Enjoy the teaching. God bless you. Jesus made us alive together, and we live for Him for the rest of our lives. Too many times we say, well, all you got to do is pray this prayer, and you'll go, to, you'll go to heaven, you won't go to hell. The person prays the prayer, they don't really understand what's going on because we don't say, you got to sell out, son, sir, ma'am. <laughs> and so they may mean it, and sometimes they don't mean it. But usually those that mean it, you will see the change. And, uh, but we need to let people know, we need to preach the whole gospel. So holy, a living and holy sacrifice. Holy. That's a common word. We sang it several times this morning. We, we pronounce the word holy. Hagios in the Greek, from the Greek, and, and it means holy, set apart, sanctified, consecrated. Its fundamental idea is separation, consecration. It means devoted to the service of deity, sharing in God's purity, and abstaining from earth's defilement. Holy. Now, a lot of people, if you are witnessing to them and you want to get them to pray the sinner's prayer, and you start telling them, you have to live a separated life. They're going to think, well, that's old-fashioned, that's fuddy-duddy, I don't want any part of it. Well, at least you, set it, you, you put it out there straight, and you, and you know where they are, and they know where they are. They are. <laughs> but you see, set apart doesn't mean you have to be legalistic. It doesn't mean that you, you have to be so over the top that you know, nobody thinks you want to be around them. It doesn't mean, as Paul said, going out of this world. We can't shut ourselves off from the very people God has called us to live for Jesus in front of and for in many cases. But we have to understand that we can't live for the world and live for God. Now, I know that sounds old-fashioned. It may not sound like fun to some of you or some people. But the truth is, a living sacrifice that is holy to God and acceptable is one who is separated from this world. I won't go there, but you know, it's 1 John 2, 15, and around in that area it talks about not to love the world or the things in the world and how the world is passing away, and it names off, you know, what, what's passing away. And, um, but we don't hear a whole lot about that, or we don't seek God a whole lot about those issues and so there are a lot of very carnal Christians in the world today that are not living or presenting themselves as living and holy sacrifices. And um, I can promise you, if you get this, and you understand that, you know what, I, I know I'm not perfect, and you're not, and I'm not, and we'll never have to be perfect or flawless. Thank God for that. But if you want to draw closer to God then we have to understand that we have to present ourselves to God. That's our responsibility. It's our reasonable service of worship as a living sacrifice. We, as a matter of fact, you can really only truly go to God as a living sacrifice through the blood of Jesus. 
But then we have to walk with him that, that way every day. Holy is really more of our part. You see, we have a part in it. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. He said, as obedient children. Well, let me ask you something. An, an obedient child, is that child obedient because he puts out some effort, effort to obey his parents? Absolutely. An obedient child doesn't just come out of the womb or wake up when they're two years old and say, I just want to obey my parents in everything, right? I can remember as a teenager, I just didn't think it was very cool at all to obey my parents. I kind of had my own little will, my little thing. I mean, I wasn't a super rebellious teenager or anything like that. I met Connie. She calmed me down. But... Um, but I didn't just naturally, you know, want to all the time obey my parents. There were, there were rules I didn't agree with. There were things they told me to do I didn't agree with. And so, but I obeyed my parents for the most part because they taught me that's my part and something I need to do. And so he says here, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance. I don't need to give an explanation for that one. Verse 15, but like the Holy One, capital zero, I mean capital O, who is that? Jesus, like the Holy One who called you, be holy, be hagios, be separated, be consecrated yourselves also in all your behavior. Why? Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So I can be holy according to God's description because God is holy. Listen, pardon my English, but I ain't God. I know that, and neither are you. But we can be holy. Holy is not a pseudo-spiritual word. It's not, it's not a super supernatural word. It's obedience. It's something that we're not perfect at it, but because God is, we can be holy, and He consider us holy. That's grace, man. That's, that's the blood of Jesus. That's, that's God's love right there. And then there's a scripture. It's a little bit long. It's another passage from 2 Corinthians 6, verses 16 through 18. It's kind of in the middle of Paul's little dissertation here, but he says, of, or, or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17, you know, sometimes we, we take this a little hard, verse 17, Therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. Now why would he say that? Because he said, be holy, for I am holy. Be holy like I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now, God is the epitome of holiness. Let me just give you an example. He's the epitome of holiness because God is totally separated from sin. When you say holy, there are kind of two categories. There's God's holiness and man's holiness that's based on God's holiness. 
We don't generate holiness, but God is holiness. He's totally separated from sin. Remember on the cross when Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, Jesus thought God had forsaken him, but really what was happening, he had all the sins of the world on him. I mean, it was so powerful. The earth quaked. It got dark. It was terrible. Can you imagine all the sins of all the world heaped on one man hanging on a cross in one place in the world? And so he had all that heaped upon him, and God who is holy, he can't fellowship with that. But God knew what was going on, and I believe Jesus knew what was going on as well. And really what happened was is Jesus simply repeated what David said when he was having a real bad time. I think Jesus, instead of just being fearing that God had forsaken him, I think Jesus was quoting David to remind everyone that there is part of him that's human. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, again, can't dwell with sin. Another example from Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. This is, uh, well, anyway, I'll just read it. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, excuse me, the Lord God the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now, let me tell you what was really going on here. Of course, you know that every time they did that, the, the 24 elders fell down before Jesus or whoever's the throne, you know, he who sits on the throne, that's Jesus, and cast their crowns. And they were doing it day and night, 24-7. So these guys must have been supernatural because I would have been tired after about three times up and down, down and up and so forth. But So what's really going on here is these, these four living creatures that look kind of weird, I guess, to us, they were saying this. They were looking upon he who sits on the throne, and what they were seeing was, was the source of holiness, and they were saying this, totally separated from sin, totally, totally separated from sin, totally separated from sin is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Man. So if, if he would provoke that among these four weird living creatures, then we can be holy on our part in our effort with God's help as He is holy. Our God is totally separated from sin. And what did He do? He sent Jesus to pour out His blood for us that would atone for all of our sins. I mean, it's a done deal, glory to God. He doesn't ever have to die again, glory and when we get saved, it's a done deal. We just have to deal with it from that point on. We've got to do something with our salvation. And I'm telling you, folks, we're living in a time where the church needs to make a difference. We are living in a time where people need to look upon the church and, and, and our, our church, let's just say a Christian, all right? A true Christian, and they need to say, man, that turns me off. Or they need to say, man, I want what you've got. But if they ever wonder whether or not you're saved, then something's wrong there. And I've had, I'm dealing with that too. You know, I drive for Uber and Lyft now. And God has given me so many opportunities just to listen, just to be vigilant, just to listen. 
And when somebody says something, I'll always say something like, well, you know what, I really believe that God answers prayer. I like to pray a lot. Can I pray for you? I've never had anybody turn me down. And then through this pandemic, you know, I've heard people say this and that, and they're talking about the vaccine this and the vaccine not that. And, and uh, you know, it's like uh, I know there's a big controversy over people, uh, but listen, you've got to trust God if you don't have the vaccine because that's where our health comes from. And you've got to trust God if you do get the vaccine because the vaccine is no substitute for the blood of Jesus. And the lack of it is no substitute, you know, for the blood of Jesus. I'm going to say something. Please love me through this. I didn't think I was going to say that at first. But this is the Holy Spirit. I think in America, Christians have become more concerned over their rights than they have their righteousness. And friend, when you begin to be more concerned about your righteousness, nothing's going to phase you. Nothing's going to slow you down. You're going to get out there, and you're going to live for Jesus with boldness and confidence, and all over you being the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, and so what, what is the enemy doing? He's using things now in our culture and, in our, and through our country and in our government to focus on things that are good and they're important, but it always puts Jesus over to the side. So I had to ask myself, what am I focusing on? My rights, which I thank God for. I thank God for America. I'm a veteran. I'm, I'm patriotic to the bone, glory to God. But is that the center of my life now? No, it's Jesus. Everything else takes a lesser priority. And when you put the priorities in the right order, then you make godly judgment and, and godly decisions. And so right now, you've got a diehard group on one side and a diehard group on the other, and the chasm just gets wider. Where are the Christians? Where are the peacemakers that are blessed by God in the midst of all this? i tell you where they are. They're hiding away, too many of us. But listen, if we understand presenting our bodies, that's ourselves, not our spirits, our spirits are born again. I mean, we worship God through our spirit. But if we understand a living and holy sacrifice presenting our bodies, we understand it's our total being. See, I understand that I'm going to get a new body. But when God saved me, He didn't give me a new body yet. He didn't take me home yet. So I guess God wants me to do something on this earth. I can't do it without Him, so... Let's present ourselves to God a living and holy sacrifice. Now, the body he's talking about of a living and holy sacrifice that's acceptable to God doesn't die. Yes, we crucify the flesh, but I'm talking about the body itself. You didn't die when you got born again. You died to sin, but you didn't drop dead physically. This body I'm talking about it doesn't die when you get born again. But you know what has to happen? We have to surrender. I guess sometimes death for us is complete surrender, and that's some of the hardest things that any of us could do. I know it's hard for me to surrender, just total surrender to Jesus. But a living sacrifice is alive because Jesus died. And the blood that he poured out contained the life that was in his flesh 
that gave me eternal life. So a living sacrifice also causes me to live again. Jesus is the one that a living sacrifice lives for, not themselves. And you know what? My whole walk with Jesus, one, one thing it's been about, and I bet yours has too, and I'm not a betting man, but one thing that my life has been about since knowing Jesus is surrendering. You know, just when you think you just gave it all to Jesus. I mean, my, my conversion, I'll, I'll, I'll share my testimony one day, was pretty, pretty dramatic, but that was only the beginning. I mean, there are things God has been dealing with me through this pandemic and, and, and just recently through, you know, um, the, the, the tragedy and, and uh, my family and some other issues have shown me I need more to surrender to God. And thank God, I think I've heard that and I want to work on that. But then the last scripture I want to share is from Luke 22, verse 19. Jesus doing the Lord's Supper. When he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance, a remembrance of me. So Jesus emphasized the significance of his body in the cross. The blood is, man, that's, that's the, the killer right there <laughs> to sin, the blood. The blood has to come out of a body. So Jesus presented his own body as a sacrifice that had to die. But the good news is that Jesus lived again. And that's where we get our new life, of course. And I'm going to say it one more time. A living sacrifice surrenders their body to Jesus and, of course, their mind. That goes into verse 2, which I'm not teaching on today. It was the, the living newness of life that came into my life that made the difference. And that's the one we present in our bodies to Jesus as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable, pleasing to God, which is logical. It's the thing every Christian needs to do. It's the thing that all of us.